getting abused on Twitter is the exclusive purview of us trannies, obviously. You get the same kind of crap if you're black, or brown, or gay, or a woman, or espouse left-wing views. Regular readers will be aware I tick three of those boxes too, though it's by no means an exhaustive list. In a society which is systemically racist, sexist, misogynist, and riddled with neoliberalism, it would be a miracle if Twitter didn't replicate those dynamics. What's different is the speed. Just like the queues on the call centre phones, the Twitter queue was never ending. But the clever bit was, in amongst the tides of shit, there would be flecks of gold, a genuinely valuable reply, an incisive quote tweet, a diss that was, at least, original and well-constructed, rather than just some genitally obsessed weirdo yelling PENIS! And always, the steady stream of likes and retweets from good comrades. Appreciation. Interaction. Dopamine. Look, odds are you don't need me to tell you how shit Twitter is. There's a good chance you've experienced it yourself. But that dopamine hit is why we keep coming back. My employer's internal propaganda told me I was a valued member of staff, and not just an emotional punch bag for the worst people in the country, but that was transparently fake. They didn't value me, they didn't see me as a person, they just needed me to fill a chair. But on Twitter, real people, actual humans, were tapping a digital heart and telling me they liked the things I said. They showed things that I said to their friends. They got in touch and said I made them laugh, and I got such feedback almost instantly. My employers could go on about how much they valued me, but Twitter showed me I was loved. And that was almost worth the times it showed me how much I was hated. Until one day, it wasn't. Slowly, imperceptibly, Twitter became more like work. Not just in the sense of having to wade through more and more angry dickheads every day, but in the sense of constant, hostile surveillance. All social media is a surveillance operation to some extent, obviously. A shout out here to the poor sod from the FBI who has to monitor Mutiny Radio's output. But just as they rely on us to self-report by logging in and giving updates, and because the internet will always be shit under capitalism, Twitter decided to outsource the problem of moderating the gargantuan quantity of information passing through its site to its users too. Sure, they had an algorithm as well, but they seemed to have relied mainly on reports from users, which of course allowed turverts and their fascist incel chums to run mass reporting campaigns on anyone from groups they didn't like who was getting too popular. It's not lost on me that the alt I moved to after my main got nuked only started to experience problems when my retweets started getting into the thousands again. Make no mistake, this shit is organised. You might even call it cancellation. But even before my alt got nuked too, there was no escaping the fact that Twitter wasn't what it used to be, because people I liked and followed were dealing with bans too. And sure, they were coming back with alts, but you had to faff on finding them. And people who didn't want to do this dance were forced to watch what they said to avoid having accounts, which in some cases they depended on for their livelihood, taken down. And meanwhile, of course, the abuse directed at us never stopped. 
Sometimes we scored victories, getting the penis botherer Helen Staniland removed, or sending Graham Linehan home to cry into his carbonara, but for the most part, it seemed much harder to get a transphobe banned for actual abuse than to get a trans woman kicked off the platform for using the word prick. Suddenly, logging into Twitter was a lot like going to work in the neoliberal workplace. A zone of surveillance in which you constantly self-monitor, policing your expression, and where you can't help but notice people whose faces fit never face sanctions, while you know you're being watched for the slightest deviation from the accepted behavioural norm. By the time they fired me, I wanted to get fired. And sure, adjusting has been hard. You do get withdrawal symptoms. How could you not? Your brain misses those constant little dopamine boosts. And even scrapping with turverts has its chemical reward, the adrenaline of conflict, not to mention the dopamine from people retweeting your disses. Suddenly, that's all cut off, and Facebook is shit methadone. You twitch. You pace. You drum your fingers. You start playing Wordle again. You think about buying a burner phone, setting up a proton mail address and starting over, but why? You'll probably just get kicked off again. There are, however, benefits. I read a lot more now, and when I read, I read for longer, because my brain is growing less and less habituated to the need to be constantly checking my phone, which I sometimes leave in the other room when I go for a piss now. Such social media as I remain on has a slower update pace, especially given that I tend to police my friends list elsewhere much more carefully than I did on Twitter. I can watch whole films without interrupting myself now. It's too early, I think, to say what it's done to my writing. There is a discipline you develop as a writer from having to fit your thoughts into as close to 280 characters as possible, especially if you eschew text speak. But on the other hand, I now find it much easier to lay out a longer argument and write from point to point, even in a Facebook status update, and the last two entries on this blog consist of text from Facebook updates, which I thought would benefit from being easier to find if I need to refer back to them. I hope that I am staying the right side of prolixity here. I don't know if I'm less angry. Sometimes I feel more rage for not having the output. But overall, and importantly, although I miss the interaction with some individual tweeters, I don't miss Twitter itself, despite having been on it since 2009 because Twitter is no longer the site that I joined in 2009, and hasn't been for quite some time. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never 
mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Hello, welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, a.k.a. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Thanks again for having me. I'm ready to roll. Now, you act like, yeah, I'm really happy to have you here as my co-host. It's like my a millionth appearance on The Tonight Show. Thanks for having me, Johnny! <laughs> the perpetual guest. Okay, we're gonna we have a great show for to you tonight. After we get Carl out of the way, we're gonna have from Better Call Saul, Rio Seahorn. But first, Carl. Hey Carl. Hi Mike. How are you? Let's do Carl, Carl's being humble up front, calling himself guest for the show that he wrote the theme song you just heard. He has researched this movie we're gonna watch today, and he has interviewed a celebrity comedian. So I feel like I'm a guest. We're here on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have a new neighbor. Well, we have a new neighbor. Uh, our twelve, our, our noon slot is now found round sound <laughs> from right. Uh As you know, we are big fans of Black, Black Plastic, his other musical radio show. And, of course, we love the promo for Flat. Uh, how's it go? Oh, Harry Hooligan. It was like, uh, hey, the dude abides. Remember, it was like mixed I up. I haven't with heard that. the new, uh, yeah, I've got the a, old one. I know the what you're one. talking about. The old one. I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I better not chime in. Okay, well, it's Scotto. Scotto is great, great artist, does a lot of collage stuff. Makes me miss the studio. So uh, we're glad to have him. So make it an afternoon, listen to Mini Radio starting at noon, listen to some Found Round Sound. And then listen to us. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That's the title of our show. Uh, and uh, Carl, what is the movie this week? This week we watched Terror Train, 1980. Terror Train. Oh, I like this movie. That is what you put in the YouTube search engine. And the channel we like is Out There Movies. So simply put in Terror Train, 1980 in the YouTube search engine. Find it. The movie we, the channel we like is Out There Movies. Press play. Press. Pl You're gonna have to say accept. You know, graphic content or adult. Oh, is there graphic content on Terror Train? In terms of murders. Ooh, I like murders. All right. So here you got a big thing to do. We want you to go to your YouTube, type in Terror Train 1980. 180. You're gonna find Out There is hosting it. Go ahead. Out and there click movies. Out, out there, there movies. movies. Click the link, hit pause, as Carl said, move it to zero, zero, zero. While you're on the internet, sign up for our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And while you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, where Carl syncs the movie to this thing. So I had mentioned Carl, as a guest, has produced the show. And he also spoke to a comedian earlier this week uh, to do our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Taylor Andrews. Welcome, Taylor. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to uh, to be able to count from three to one. It's, uh, not many people could do that. So it's I a remember skill set we chose you for. We wanted <laughs> you on because we had heard of your counting skills. Here you are. Now, your name. 
is Taylor Andrews, right? But it's not really. You went under. You underwent a name change. Tell us about that. Why did you make that choice? Yeah, so it's interesting. I um, I mean, I had been doing comedy for a couple of years under my original name. Um, and then it started to run me a little bit of issue in work. So actually, it ran me into a couple issues with my job. I originally went by uh, the Bear Dude online, um, and it was kind of my alter ego. Um, but for some reason, everybody could still find it. <laughs> when I was coaching, um, I kind of ran into an issue um, where all the kids kind of found one of my TikToks and they did not like it. I met with the coaches um, and they were just like, I mean, I, I was coaching the college level. So I, it was kind of like they, they kind of had to deal with like what I was doing in my own time. Then I got into my next job. I, I started teaching uh, at a high school and a lot of students kind of found my content, same thing. and. Oh, the high school incident, that's the one I want to get into now. I think that they found you naked in a bathtub. <laughs> Tell us that story. Tell and, and, and go through how it you, you came into the classroom. There was, you know, then you're with the, the, the there, you're in the office with the principal. T Tell us about this. Yeah, so I was half naked. I want to make, I want to make this very clear. I have never been naked on camera. I've actually never even sent a nude. Now you were doing a music video and you were in a bathtub. Tell tell us, tell us what it was, and then how, when you walked into the class and they all knew. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. So I um, so I, I'm a musical comedian. Um, you know I do regular stand up comedy, but my bread and butter is creating songs from jokes. So I posted it um probably in February, uh, and about March my coworkers found it on YouTube. Um, and they actually showed up to one of my shows and I was like, oh no, like I'm the, I'm getting fired. Like this is, this is the end. Uh, and I was talking to one of the guys after he goes, no, dude, don't like, don't worry about it. Like it's totally fine or whatever. Um, so then some, some girl was on my Instagram page and she literally goes Taylor and she shows me a video of my, I'm holding up my phone. Uh, she shows me a video of my regular stand up comedy. Uh, and then, uh, I was sitting there, it was second period. Um, I'm sitting in my classroom and like five kids barge in and I was like, what is going on? I'm a kid, he pull, pulls up his phone and it's just the video of me and like I'm in the bathtub with my guitar. Um, and I was like, oh shit, like this is it. Um, so then I went outside and I was like, all right, what's gonna happen? I got called into the principal's office, right? And they said, uh, do you know why you're in here? And I said, yeah. And I just basically explained, I said, listen, like I'm a comedian, this is what I do. I'm trying to make it as a comedian. The he was like, uh, but like, what about the pornographic content? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, the porn. And I'm like, what porn? I was like, I've never posted porn in my life. Like I, I've, as much as I would love to be a porn star, like I don't have the, I don't have the gear for it, you know? So I, I, um, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, like, this is what's happening. I already know what's happening. Watch the video. And they're like, ah, like, we don't want to watch it. I'm like, but like, if you don't watch it, how do you know what I did? You right. Know? <laughs> So uh, eventually I got sent into the assistant superintendent's office. Um, and then he goes, listen, I'm going to hit it to you straight. Um, and then he's like, you can either, you can either resign <laughs> or I can, we could fire you right now. But I was like, let me ask you a question before I make my decision. I was like, did you like the video? <laughs> right. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll resign. That was what I needed. <laughs> um, just got a letter in the mail a couple days ago. Um, it's a, uh, it's an order to show cause um for this specific situation so basically they're saying um there's a potential that my teaching license gets revoked because of it 
Oh, um, really? Yeah, so it's it's really an interesting situation. Well, you're so, certainly in our community and everything now. We all love you and know you. The, the way you do the guitar is a very unique way of being a comedian. And we have a common friend in Anthony Quinn. Welcome to Quinspiracy. My name is Anthony Quinn. All right, yeah. you're on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. Now, what you did on your own, independent, without anyone asking you, is you just came up with a rap song for Anthony. Oh, yeah. And you're doing shoots, and you're making a video now. I, t tell us about the rap video with Anthony. What inspired you, and, and what is the process now to make this thing happen? Yeah, so I think, I think it's interesting, because comedy, we spend a lot of time alone, right? And I, I've always kind of... I've thought about that because like we all have such different brains because everybody just kind of works on their own and it's almost like you're you're kind of screwing up um, the ability to create something amazing. So I was um I was sitting I was at a show uh, with a couple of guys uh, and somehow Anthony Quinn came up in conversation mm -hmm. and then somebody goes, "Wouldn't it be funny if he was just like a rapper?" And somebody else goes like, "We should make a music video." I, like, like we're doing this now. Like, this is this is happening. So I was like, I will text Anthony Quinn right now. I texted Anthony Quinn. I said, Anthony Quinn, do you want to make a rap video? And he was like, he goes, Anthony Quinn's down for anything. And I was like, perfect, you know. And I think Anthony Quinn's got such a great facade. He's got such a great personality. Like, uh, so that's I kind heard of your demo of the song, and it's really good. Yeah. And then I heard the rough cut with Anthony singing it, <laughs> and it's really good. It wasn't mixed well. But I mean, I heard, you know, Anthony and him doing the lines. It's really going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And I, I know you said, like, you wanted him to perform it or whatever. But, like, I guess to me, it's like it's an unfinished product right now. Well, it's after it's done, we'll, we'll, we'll put it on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my vision was he was just going to lip sync the song. But we'll talk about it. Like, if you oh, want yeah. to do the video, how would we go about it, et cetera. I think it'll yeah. be a big splash. It'll be yeah. terrific. Now, Taylor Andrews, how can people find you out there on the internet, on YouTube, on, on social media? You got a website. Give us the dish here. How, how can people connect with you, see yeah. your shows, and check you out online? Yeah, yeah. So um, if you follow me at Andrews underscore comedy, um, that's the place to follow me. So I, Instagram, TikTok, I'm starting to work on. It's not, I've got two music videos, uh, Cam Girls Live and the OnlyFans Campfire song. If you want to see the music video that got me fired, that one is Cam Girls Live. Taylor Andrews. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do in the studio. That means we all must press, press play at home at the same time we do in the studio. And that is why you are here to give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right, am I doing it? I this is no pressure. I've been training as a musician for this moment as well, just to be able to do quarter note beats. You ready? Ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. That was very cool, very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it when it comes out. Let's start a movie. 20th Century Fox. Oh, forget that. We got rock and music, right? Yep. Now, 20th Century Fox, I mean, this was an independent film. They bought it to distribute because they didn't have a slasher film in their catalog. That's crazy. 1980, they had none. That's right. And they spent, yeah, right, because horror was going around at this time. And they spent a lot of money on the promotions, you know, like 
posters and commercials, etc. And they made it a hit. This thing made money. Now, in this fraternity party, you could tell the old guy immediately in the in the group. Yeah, he's <laughs> like sticks out like a sore throat. Now look, they're gonna burn their banner. Yeah, it's a new year, Carl. You gotta burn the Isn't old and bring is? out the new. Yeah. Well, those books aren't gonna burn themselves, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> you ever go to a book burning and like some dick brought a candle? I know it's environmentally unfriendly. That it's is your little... joke. I know. I love that joke. This is the Jewish fraternity I pledged, by the way. <laughs> what? Locks, yeah. locks, and locks. Yeah. High locks, locks, and locks. They got all the yarmulkes. Now, is that we? Now, I've seen this movie before. David Copperfield's in this. Yes. Now, this guy here. Yeah. He's getting set up for a prank. He doesn't know it yet. They have put. They're going to make it like he's going to sleep with Jamie Lee Curtis, but really they put a cadaver in the bed. You see, these are med students, okay? Whoa. And they're freshmen. According to this story, they're freshmen right now. Carl, have you ever done a stunt like that? What? Have you ever, like, for shits and giggles, put a corpse in the bed and told them <laughs> that? <laughs> I haven't, but I don't have access to the morgue like these guys do, you see. This is our second medical school movie we've seen. We've, of course, seen Stitches, directed by Alan Smithy. Right. I was going to say RoboDoc, but that was not a school at all. No, well, there was a lot of learning on the set of RoboDoc. Yes, yes. How to act. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have our archetypes, right? Is this guy, he doesn't seem like the fat guy. He's just the nerd guy. Well, he is, he is the fat nerd guy, but and he'll be later in the film, but he's not really... We're just getting him right now for comic relief. Like, yeah, gotcha. wear the beanie until you get laid. And once you get laid, you can take off the beanie. He's like, me, sir, get laid, sir. I don't think so, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Does foreplay count? <laughs> no. Look. Yeah. Uh, he got a dead person's hand, really, literally, in his hand. So they're already fucking with him with dead bodies. Yeah, that's right. Now... What's about to happen is going to be an inciting incident that kind of like makes him crazy. You see, they don't know it, but he already brought a little crazy to college with him in his brain. He already did. And then they're going to fuck with him with a corpse in the bed. It's going to push him over the edge. So he brought his Pink Floyd movie poster and his uh, emotional baggage with him. <laughs> right. Right, he arrived at school, he opened up his bag, he pulled out... Well, we watched a movie years ago that has the same fucking plot. It was called National Lampoon's Class Reunion, written by John Hughes. Oh, And right. in that movie, they did a prank where this guy sleeps with, I guess, his sister. Uh-huh. And he come, during the class reunion, he comes and murders everybody. Oh, that's right. And have you ever seen the Olivia Spencer movie, Ma? M-A? Yes. Yeah, it's great, right? She's fucking great in it. It's 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 a little wonky. It's about the same director who did the help, so it's not like a straight up genre picture. It's a well, little it's muddled. Different, yeah. It's not a straight up genre picture, but you know the genre it comes from. So in the in the movie, Juliette Lewis is is the mom, and they're watching a John Hughes movie, like a festival. John Hughes festival continues, and people are like, oh, that's because she was in European Vacation or whatever. She was in one of the Vacation movies, and Hughes originally wrote them, but. They took the same plot as National Lampoon's Class Reunion, right? Uh -huh. They fucked with Olivia Spencer in, in high school. They did some sick psychosexual right. trick, and then she proceeds to fuck up their kids. Their kids. Yeah. yeah. So, it was uh, an interesting film. 
it wasn't the greatest film, but that's okay. You could watch the whole thing and it was worth it. I thought I thought she was phenomenal in that movie. It creeps the hell out of me. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that great. Okay, so there's been an arrangement. You're getting laid tonight. We're helping you out, kid, and you're gonna get laid with Elena, which is Jamie Lee Curtis. So he's come in, thinks she's in the bed, and she's on the other side of the bed saying, Don't be nervous. It's my <laughs> first time too. So like she is reluctant because it's mean-spirited, but she goes along. Is it, is it mean-spirited to trick someone to sleep with a cadaver? Is it mean-spirited? He doesn't know about the cadaver because that helps our plot. It helps our character, okay? She doesn't know, which seems so hard to believe. Now, there's a main jerk, okay? this Our main jerk, his name is Doc because he's going to become a doctor. And he is the one up oh, there. You see that? That's yeah. Kenny. What? What? Oh, gross. Now he's off. His cuckoo brain is snapping right now. Oh, this is some acting. Surprise! She didn't know there was a dead body. But all the frat boys do, and they think it's hilarious. It is one of the great fraternity pranks I could think of. Dead body in the. Now this becomes a school incident and a problem. And it's like uh-huh. they're in trouble, and they ban the burn, the bonfire next year, and they burn the bonfire next year. Ban. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of some weird bonfire uh, burnings. I heard of book burnings, but I never heard of like bonfire burnings. Now, one thing I don't understand is this movie takes place on a train, so you think it would be categorized as one of those train movies like we've seen. <clears throat> but the internet train people, they yes. were not on fire about this movie at all. Well, explain. I see a train. Me too. Huh. You do see a train. As a matter of fact, you see... <laughs> uh, you see a Canadian Pacific Railway number 1293. It's still on operation <laughs> February 2002. Does it still have the plaque as seen in the movie? No. No, the pla- oh that plaque maybe maybe, but the locomotive's engine number was eighteen eighty one, and it was renumbered for the film with the number of twelve ninety three, and that was not cool. No, let's go. We just saw eighteen eighty one on the trains as you spoke, going by the screen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Drake, for writing this play. This play, TD Drake. So, why? Thank you. He was he was the producer. So. He sees um, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then he sees Halloween. Okay, Halloween, of course. And then he falls asleep, and he has a dream in which those two movies kind of come together, and he wakes up in terror, and and then he turns to his wife and goes, <clears throat> "What do you think about a movie?" And I, I take Halloween and I put it on a train, and she goes, "Terrible!" And she falls asleep. So he writes down on his dash on his night- fuck my wife. Hell with my wife. I'll show my wife. <laughs> That's right. He does. He goes, terrible train. So, terrible train. Yeah, a couple coffee or so, he changed it to terror train. I like terrible train. Two tickets yeah. for terrible train, please. Okay, now, they're going on a party. That, like, it's their, like, end-of-year party. Oh, but they they're the doing it on a train. It's a novelty. It's a costume party for some reason. You know why? Because uh, it why? was Halloween. Intrigue. Oh, they got Jamie Lee Curtis to do another Halloween movie. 
another Halloween movie, right? Well, he actually cast her totally on purpose. Of course. Because she did Halloween. Now, the internet acts like she was a big star. She was not. I mean, she, was she was totally a big star back then. Halloween well, was huge. Halloween 2 was huge. She was in 3, of course, but that was prior to this. Uh, Trading Places was 83. Uh, okay, but this is before that. Yes, it's true that she had four movies out, and they were all horror movies, and they were all in a row. But I'm saying, like, she was the new star. Some people knew she was Tony Kurd's daughter, Janet Lee's daughter, but but right. not everybody. She was she was a hit, not a star. Yeah. Now look, he goes, "Would you like a joint?" And it's his finger, finger joint. What about the joints, though? This movie is like you don't tease someone with a joint. Either give it or you don't. Yeah. You either give it to the bus driver or you don't give it to the bus driver. Train, Mike, train. Well, they were taking the, the equipment out of the bus. The the equipment. Oh, the luggage. Put the luggage? Yeah. Look, there's a bedpan. Is that the Chattanooga choo-choo? <laughs> yeah, track nine. Track nine. It's all of the time. Now, you see Groucho Marx there? He yeah. was on all the posters, but the thing is, he's only in the beginning. Were they allowed to? to I mean, I guess he doesn't look totally like Groucho. He's acting he's like our Groucho first Groucho. victim, by the way. Oh, the Jewish guy gets it first. The, <laughs> now, what makes you say he's Jewish? Uh, I don't know. Being he, Jewish, stereotypes. <laughs> I don't. Know, as someone who's Jewish, I, I have a. I can tell. He's he's really being funny right now. He's he's pretending he's getting married to his blow up doll. Hey Lars, way to go, real girl. Yeah, I got the save your date, save the date. Lars now, is a real is girl. This is Ben Johnson, our conductor, and he was like a big um, westerns guy. He was a stunt man who became a, a an actor, and um, it's a big deal. Oh, here's David Copperfield. Yeah, the magician. Yeah, he still looks the same. Now, there was no magician in this script at all, but this producer named, uh, executive producer named Sandy, uh, Sandy Howard, he loved magic. So he just made this happen. He was like, I want to meet David Copperfield. So he met, made this happen. I think it's great. I think it's a really good touch in this movie. I, I've seen this film a couple times before, but it's nice having David, young David Copperfield in this movie. There's this one scene in which he's behind the, there isn't really, there is a stage. He's behind the stage. He's peeking out of the, the curtains and he's like, this is a terrible audience. They're not going to pay attention. People must watch. I w It was so relatable. Like as a comedian, you look out and you're <laughs> like, those guys are drunk. Nobody else is into it. They're not going to pay attention. This is going to be a horrible audience. Everyone's watching the bar TV. Everyone's <laughs> watching the bar. Right, there's going to be a game on behind David Copperfield at the train. <laughs> or for my next hack. Can you move? Can you now, move? Subway they, series. <laughs> they set up. Do you, mind which, do you mind what order you go in? Would you mind what number? Okay, you're first. You're first. This, this is a nice setup of like a friendship or something, and then we never see it again. 
We don't. Well, they must be cutting back to the control room, going. There was a second murder. Now that's no. There's no murders yet. There's, but there's about to be a murder right this second, Mike. Really? Yeah. Is it the crazy guy already aboard? It's the. Oh, oh. here we go. Oh, oh. oh, that's so funny. Oh, oh you're pretending so you got funny. stabbed. We're medical doctors. We're medical students. That's there's such a the, great um, break. That's the comic relief guy we saw before. Yeah, right. He's like, thanks for taking it. He see the blood out the back. Yeah, it went down his shorts. Oof. It was that shit stain or was that blood stain? That was, that was a blood stain. Phew. Otherwise, it would have been embarrassing. But I mean, we haven't done the autopsy yet. I mean, okay, look, his costume's coming off because killer's right, putting it on. Oh, give me a break. Now, can you guess who killer is? Uh, is it the crazy guy from the beginning? Yeah, it, yeah. he was disgraced publicly, and now he's going to get them all back. Uh oh, you ever put a penny on the track? Is the same thing? Yeah, that's what's yeah. going to happen to that guy. He's going to get flattened. Now look, Ben does not see our conductor does not see someone's on the track because he rolled in. Right, and they're not going to feel it when they roll over him. Ding, Here we go. Ding, Skull ding. crunch in three, two. <laughs> Ouch! Now he's getting run over. That's right. They threw him under the train. Rasco. Rasco. Yeah, all the the, um, cars got named. I don't know. Let me just get this train stuff out of the way. Okay. All right. um, The train was rocked back forth on a rig inside a warehouse in order to simulate train locomotion. Um... All the train scenes had to be scheduled for night shooting because of the uh, warehouse was active during the day, and you could hear. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the The movie was filmed aboard actual train cars that were converted to for large. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't want to read it. While we get to it, okay. So now we're going to establish that Jamie Lee Curtis, who is Atlanta, has a good friend who's Mitchie, which is short for Mitch Michelle, and. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is moving on to somewhere else and they're not going to be roommates anymore. And so now we have a like an endearing girlfriends scene. We're always going to be friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's nothing it's nothing's going to get in the way of our friendship except for murder. <laughs> what that's what we're doing. We're establishing up oh, Rouch is uh, on the train. He's in the ladies car. Now, the actor who plays the killer, right? Yeah. He was like a transvestite from Montreal. This is all shot in Canada. It's like Montreal, Quebec. It's one of those uh, same films that's, you know, much cheaper to shoot there, so they're going to do it. Um, He brought a friend to the audition, and they're like, no, we don't like you, but you, we like. And they made him audition. He didn't even know what the movie was. He didn't know Jamie Lee Curtis was a part of it. He didn't know anything. He was a like burlesque kind of transvestite from the scene in Montreal. Terror Train was like got him, I don't know, breaking all the rules in 85 and family motel. I don't know. It's just kind of a goof how he got the part. He was That's somebody's cool. lied. What? Pretty cool. Look at this. Even on the job, he's reading about trains, about, <laughs> yeah. about transportation. Well, the 
the the old guy is saying the new trains are the way to go and the young guy is saying these guys are classics and the old guy is saying if you keep investing in this kind of train you're not going to have a job in the future all right here we go you'll be replaced by train bots right he goes did you ever see a grocery store at the train station no no trains are a way of the past it is true they never stop off the uh Wiggly wiggly. Wiggly wiggly. It's the Win Dixie. All aboard. How come we have two containers of hummus? Oh, because of Win Dixie, it was on sale. So because of Win Dixie. The for the love of Win Dixie. What was it? The little doggy movie where right. Yeah, for it was for the love of, love of oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We're from the fun. East Coast. If it was called I found that dog outside the AMP. I'll be like, oh, cool. Oh, I can turn it on. Turn it on. Okay, here we go. What you said just now. What? That I don't watch. Oh, they'll watch. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they'll watch. 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 They'll and that's you before you perform. Let's say you're like, this guy is crap. Yeah, but it's relatable to a comedian who's looking out going, this is going to suck. They're not going to be a good audience. They're drinking. It's a private party. You're fucked. Okay, now. Did that guy not get laid in three years? This is the big senior guys, and they're with the freshmen, and the freshmen are talking about this incident that happened one time, you know, and then the head, the... Seniors are like, yeah, I guess we went a little too far. And they're like, that was you guys. They're just letting us know as an audience again. Remember, remember the thing we showed you in the beginning? That's going to pay off. We're not 20 minutes into this movie yet. Aw. Here comes Elena. And now she finds out that it was all his idea. After three years. No, No, this party today. She is really pissed at him. Now, that's Die Hard. Do you remember in Die Hard, the guy was like, let me talk to this Euro trash, the one who gets killed? Yeah, that's him, clean shaven dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he had the classic 80s beard. Well, it's 1980. <laughs> oh, let's hear his voice. Okay. Come on. Don't worry about it, McLean. I got it. That's right. Hey, John. Hey, John. Oh, come on. Here we go. Speak. Not sing, speak. They're doing the Three Stooges. Hello. He wasn't breaking away in 79, but I don't remember his part. He must have been like the bad guy. He, I um, think he was on a bicycle. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. He was in Carrie, but it was 2013. Oh, right. I have not seen that. Uh, have you heard these films? Rich and Famous in 81, no. The Wildlife in 84, Make yes. Mr. Right in 87. I think The Wildlife was an unofficial sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High uh-huh. that Cameron Crowe wrote. It was with um, Sean Penn's late brother, uh, Christopher Penn. Late brother? Wait, who's the Chris- one who's a singer? Isn't that Michael Penn? <laughs> Might be Michael Penn, but do you remember the Reservoir Dogs uh-huh. where... Uh, there was like nice guy Eddie. Yo, oh, yeah. yeah, that's um, Ken's brother. Okay, 
Yeah. Yeah, he passed away maybe a decade ago. Okay. Now, we got a body count of seven. We're down one already. Here comes Mitchie. And who should Mitchie see? But her friend, the regular, you know, because he's in the costume. Yeah. Now. It's a real finger. <laughs> weird. It might be. She kept the joint. That's weird. That's awkward. You ever offer someone weed and they're like, oh, I'll keep this for later. I don't really want to do it. <laughs> right? Hey, you want some mushrooms? Yeah, I do. I'm going to take them tomorrow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick move. You offered it to me. I guess what I difference, the situation. What difference does it take if I take it now with you or if I take it tomorrow while watching uh, Scooby-Doo episodes, reruns? Now. Oh, they really, really are lizard people. Yeah. Here's lizard guy. He was one of the original frat boys, so he doesn't like him either. And he's like, oh, that you pretending you were killed? That was hilarious. <laughs> Look at his eyes, Kenny. Yeah. Now, this guy really was not an actor, and he had clashes with the director because he wasn't familiar with the concepts of, like, showing up for work on time, stuff nice. like that. And uh, there was big fights between him and the um, and the director. His name's Derek McKinnon. Derek McKinnon. Later on, he'd be involved with an actual murderer. Um, really? Yeah. Well, he was a neighbor and acquaintance of this guy named Luca Magnata, a one-time porn actor who was convicted in 2012 of slaying a Chinese college student whose remains he dismembered and mailed to several local schools. What? 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 So... This now I'm mad at this Derek guy because he goes in an interview. McMinnon speculated that he might have been inspired by the by a title character in Terror Train. Bullshit! You don't he said that. Go, I'm gonna. Yeah, he's what a what a conceited bitch. Right, your fucking neighbor gets dismembered and mailed to schools. And he's also a grouchy jerk. He's showing up late. He's arguing with the director. Listen to this one. Eric Derek McMinnon said that his favorite scene was killing actor Hart. You know, it's Die Hard guy. Yeah. Because he irritated the crap out of him during filming. What a jerk. <laughs> That's like a fun set. Yeah. So this Derek guy, I don't know. He does his job. He plays his role when the camera's rolling. But when it wasn't rolling, I guess he was a bit of a jerk. There wasn't a sequel to this movie. It wasn't like a Terror Train no. 2. I guess no. Does he die at the end? Who? Of, of Killer. You know what? He doesn't really die. He falls off the train. It's the second to last scene they, they shot for the film. He falls off the train. Now, the stuntman could not handle the cold. The stuntman, you know, because he falls into this, like, icy, snowy... A bank where a river is and the mist was coming up he couldn't handle it so the art director is the guy falling off the train in this scene all right we'll have to look for that yeah, that's so bad like can you build this a train set in a warehouse and make it realistic and can you jump off a train and they rock it no he jumped yeah. off a real train they were rocking it to make it seem like right now they're in a warehouse right but I just think it's funny, like, he did so much work for this movie, including stunts. <laughs> his credit is art director, not... Um, that man? 
Right. God, don't you hate the train bathroom sucks? You ever been on a train where like it doesn't work, the water's out, and just the bathroom reeks? You smell it <laughs> down the car. It happens. In Europe, they're called water closets, and I didn't know that. So I'm uh -huh. looking around for the bathroom, and I, there's like all these things, you know, it says WC, WC. Why in the world would you call it a water closet, right? It's, it's literally a closet with water in it. Right. Ridiculous. Ah, uh, beer and coffee. That is a conductor's breakfast right there. You yeah, want to play they... a little canasta? I got the pegs up. Ben's doing this very unfunny bit where he, like, does a card trick for guests for, I don't know, it's not funny. What a show-off. He only does that with Copperfields on the train. Right. So now, this is Mo, okay? And Mo is the boyfriend and friend of Doc. And what he's trying to do, like, Alana is, Elena is really pissed off that, that this was all Doc's idea, and he's doing pranks on people. Okay, these are really magic tricks that David Copperfield's really doing. It's not special effects. Oh, well, okay. Well, that explains the budget. <laughs> Look, he takes the quarter. Right. He's about to buy peanuts, which is not true. And look, the cigarette goes right through the quarter. Wow. It's a menthol. It's not a comic. Uh, it's not a... Why did I say comic? It's not a movie trick. She gave him a quarter and he pulled out a quarter. Uh, she was going to buy peanuts from the vending machine. Unbelievable, number one. And he said, hold it, miss. May I see that quarter? He's got a slick David Copperfield voice. You know, he's a little impressive. He was going to go to college at Fordham University, but they offer him the lead part in a Chicago play all about magic. So he jumped at it, you know? Yeah. He had a successful run there, and then he started doing a magic show in Hawaii at this, like, prominent hotel. Um, and he got noticed by some producer guy who threw him on television? ABC's Magic of Magic, something like sure. that. Yeah, and he did a bunch of those. When he made the Statue of Liberty disappear on national television, it yep. really sucked because I was actually in the statue at the time. <laughs> he did do that. He did some weird uh, stunts. Let's see here. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty, 1983. He made a Learjet disappear in 81. He levitated over the Grand Canyon in 84. Oh, wow. He walked through the Great Wall of China in 86. What? No, he escaped from Alcatraz in 87, but I don't think that's very they were close. Long there clothes. were no guards. They were all... He waited for the tourists to leave, and then he's like, I'm out of here. So he made the Orient Express dining car disappear in 91. He flew on stage in 92 for a few minutes. He, like, flew over the stage. Wow. No, are you... He's impressive. Are you a fan of the movie series Now You See Me, Now You Don't? And nope. The sequel Now You See Me, Now You Don't too? Nope. Cannot stand it. What what part do you can't stand? The part where they fall through a laundry chute in Las Vegas and appear in China? Yeah, see that's what I mean. Like the thing is, like, it's it was almost like Ocean's Eleven. Like, like everything's perfect. You know, they can they're gonna make up this big you know, everything goes to task perfectly. Oh, he hurt his wrist. Everything's ruined with the... 
I just don't like that. How like um, if you want to do a heist movie for real, it's got to be like not smooth. It's got right. to be like you know not impressive. It's like you idiots, you plan for this, and it's his day off on Wednesday. You dummies. You know what I mean? Like I know a guy who has the key card. Oh really? Oh how convenient! I went. They're to high so school. smug. They're so smug in that movie, and I see that too in Double Tap and the Zombie Land with those two guys in it. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just like they're never going to die. They're never going to get caught. So there's already like this presence yeah. of like you could just walk through it and right. the chips will fall as they will. Yeah. At the end of the original Ocean's Eleven, they lose all the money when this guy gets cremated. Yeah, that's right. That's the way to go. Right. But that they was like crime. Did, crime does not pay. Like you always right. have to end it with like them getting caught. Not Even Ocean's though, Eleven. Everything goes to task. He gets his girl back. Oh right? my God! Have you seen Ocean's Eight, the Julia Roberts yeah. uh, spinoff? No, um, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. So, yeah, wasn't good. I mean, it was great. It was great to see the Met Gala and all that stuff, but it was yeah. just like never sweated. There was no guy shows up on Wednesday. Do you remember the Hot Rock uh, with Donald Westlake's series? I think. Uh, it was a movie, but the the way they would do it is that a guy would come up and say, hello, I'm the interior decorator. And the uh-huh. guy behind the guy was like, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, just come right in. You know, it's like, uh-huh. that's perfect. I'll pretend I'm a homosexual and I'll get into the building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Now, this is Mitchie, as you know, and she really didn't go on to do much because she died. Her name oh. is Sandy Curry. Uh, she was in Terror Train. Then this is her debut, and then she was in Curtains in '83, Street Justice in '87, and then she dies in '96. Wow! So she kind of went away on her own, but she didn't have a chance to be in stuff. I don't know. Yeah, life goes on. Sorry right. to hear about that. Well, no, her life did not go on, Mike. Life goes on, Carl. <laughs> not for night. There was no '97 for Mitchie. Terrible. Now, they have, like, an open relationship in which they, like, sleep with other people, but they still love each other. I don't know. It's weird. Ooh. Okay. Time for David Copperfield. Whoa! What? Huh? Look, it's right behind his hand. I always think of that uh, Duck Soup line from Groucho Marx. He goes, pick a card, any card. And she goes, you want it back? Because no, I got 51 others. <laughs> <laughs> I did see Duck Soup. Which one? Duck, Duck Soup. Soup. Yeah. I, saw the whole, I guess I got to see it again. I think it's in the beginning. He's talking to Dumont. Can't get rid of these cards. So none of these are camera tricks. It's all his real act, like out of Hawaii or whatever. Sure. Let's see. I think, I think he had already been on TV for years. Yeah, 77. Okay. Copperfield Copperfield's career in television began in earnest when he was discovered by Joseph Cates, a producer of Broadway shows and television specials. Cates produced a magic special in 1977 for ABC called The Magic of ABC, hosted by Copperfield, as well as several The Magic of David Copperfield specials on CBS between 78 and 2001. 18 TV specials he's had and two documentaries. Right. I think it was a recent one, too. So TV rocketed him to fame more than his own magic. But now look at this woman. Doesn't she look a little strange? What do you mean? Like, uh, 
I don't know. She doesn't look. Uh... She looks like a model. Oh, does she? What? She's seven foot tall. Is the deal? Uh, take a good look at her jaw. <laughs> take a good look at her neck, which is covered up by a. Why is her oh. neck covered up by a? Stuff? Why is her neck covered up? Oh, we are not bored. No. She. Okay, they say that Derek was cast by mistake, right? Right. But yet, that is Derek. Oh, it's Derek. Yeah. So, if he was a transvestite from Montreal, why, you know, he coincidentally got a part in which I, I don't know. They, they cast him as a killer. They, they're they uh, familiar with his work. They just thought it would be a lark to get him in there. Oh, so they... You, Maybe. you think that they, well, they didn't know him when he showed up. He was someone's right. ride. But you, it could be an added on later thing like the magician was. Yeah, because they said they figured they got this guy. We'll have him go and do it. So now they're all about like, Elaine is really pissed at you. She's really pissed. She's not going to forgive you this time, you know, and you like screwed me over too by like, we're good friends, but you're always screwing me. I got this, John. Yeah, I got this, John. Remember he was doing coke in the office? Yeah, so great. So embarrassing. Okay, you've got a hoop. Just because that's what a magician has, a hoop. Oh, you think he was going to hula hoop on his spare time? No, it's to pass through. uh... Look at her levitating, and there's no wires. I know, you put the hula hoop through it. The thing is, why not do camera effects? You can. Do you remember the Happy Days episode where they did magic and they stressed at the beginning? Happy Days was shot in front of a live studio audience. All magic tricks are 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 real. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that one. Whoa! How did he do it? Really, though? How does he do that? I can't tell you the secrets. Oh, okay. You know, a musician, a magician never tells the secrets. And considering <laughs> well, I don't know him. How did you play that sonata? Uh, no, uh, a musician... <laughs> Never reveals his secret. <laughs> okay, orgy time. Now, for uh, some reason, there will be another show. What are they going to open? One magic show. There will be multiple ones. Why? Is is it Ben Johnson? No. Uh, and he'll be walking around uh, doing crowd work, doing, like, tricks for people. Okay, so he's like... My friend with the Groucho Marx outfit is missing. And then Mitch is like, no, I saw him in the back. And I don't know. That's because. I don't know if we missed it. Mitchie led the the guy who was dressed as a lizard into the bathroom and killed him. Did we see that? Yeah, no, no, this guy with the li- Yeah, he's live and well right now. Oh, all right. Okay, now. Doc has an open relationship with Mitchie, okay? So he's trying to get this girl right now. Now, Mo does not have an open relationship with Elena, okay? But still, he's a guy, and he's horny, and he's doing it. So he's going to find himself resisting the charms of this blonde. But he's resisting so weakly. No, no, mm, I couldn't kiss you. Mm, no, no, I couldn't mm, touch your body. Mm. 
we have to stop. But let me just whoa, throw it first. Oh, is there a rock band in this? Yes, the rock band is in the house. And uh, I'll tell you their name. I have their name. Is it the Tubes? That would be great. No, their name was Crime. And they were just made up for this film. No, I told you there was a movie my brother Adam recommended, and I have seen it, where God and the devil are deciding the fate of humanity by telling stories about this train. Like, they're on a train. I think it's like Train to Terror or something like that. And there's a rock band that plays the Intessentials. Like, they're on a a car, and they're they're out the window with their guitar playing. Interesting. yeah, it is. It's it's like a horror anthology with uh, like three different stories, and then you know, I think it's a draw at the end. God and the devil. Are we doing? Is it on YouTube or? Well, I have to remember the name. I don't. Wow, okay. If it is, then wow. it's worth a watch. I mean, it's it's a pretty weird movie. Oh, guys, yeah, you can't go in first class. Whole, like resisting. Trains are fun until they you realize how classist they are. Like, why can't I go in the front train? Money. It's all about money, 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 money. That's how the trains work. You know, if you pay for a lot to have a, a joyous ride, then they're covered. Ah, uh, it's almost like he caught him. Oh. Even though he didn't. So they're going in the back with two girls. For one guy, that's fine. Now, look, there's somebody in the toilet and they won't come out. Wait a second. Wait a second. Remember we saw the lizard guy? Maybe that was a mistake of the film. That guy was supposed to be dead and he walked past. That's a good point. Seems like a nonstop party. It could be a different lizard guy. Uh, no. Magic key. Yeah, he's got the magic key and he discovers... Ew, brain? Gruesome. No brains. Maybe brains. Uh, gotta clean up. Ew, the toilet paper is on the sink. Ew, it's gonna That's the grossest part. Out. Yeah. Are you like sitting on the toilet and just reaching out to the sink? Now look at all the blood on there. Right? And you see all the blood on the mask? Is that a pee bag? Plus me bag? <laughs> you see, what our, our hero will... Hero? What our killer will do is kill a person, take their disguise. Then he'll move on to killing the next person and take their disguise. Right, they're all shaped like is dancing with with uh, Elena. Woogie woogie woogie! It's crime, the rock band crime. Why don't you give him a listen? Red lights and satin sheets, good music. Yeah, I had the pleasure of installing hot tanks. Very nice. Okay. Is the band going to finally pop up? Uh, never mind. I don't hear them playing music. That's a professional thing, right? They're, they're playing music as they talk, but we don't hear it when they talk. Now we hear the music. Nope. Now here comes David, and uh, he never would do a movie again. He was very frustrated that he couldn't remember his lines. I don't know. I think it was a big mistake. I think it's kind of neat, though. Don't you think so? Like having yeah, David Copperfield in a horror movie? No, I do. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm I bemoaning the fact that he's like, I'm never doing a movie again. Do we have uh, famous magicians who went, did acting? They're usually their own brand, their own thing. Like Doug Henson, well, Den, Doug Benson or whatever is Henson. Yeah, no. no, you're right. It was Mark. Uh, Mark Henson. No, maybe it was Doug. I know who you're talking about. It was Doug but something. There's so few magicians, right? There was Kreskin. 
There was Copperfield. Then there's that Blaine, David Blaine. Yeah, David Blaine. But you can count him. There's Houdini. You can count him on one hand. Houdini, he, his death always rattles me. Yeah. Is that because, a joke because of his? No, because of the chains. No, because he, uh, some asshole went up and punched him in the stomach. Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. Well, so he had a thing in which he would tense up his stomach and anyone could punch him in the stomach. But this reporter did it without warning him. So he wasn't clenched up and ready. He was all loose and normal. Yeah. And boing, it was the popping fresh dough. So this poor guy. And then he died. Yep. But, you know, that's like he was the biggest entertainment in New Jersey. You know, guys would go to like a bridge. They would go to like the bridge in Trenton or whatever. And they would like hang over this bridge. And, and Houdini would like put chains over and hover into the water. And people on the bridge are like, this is the best entertainment. The hell with the Nickelodeons. I don't, I don't, I, he he would do these staged, uh, stunts at bridges where, you know, he would be chained up and go under the water and, and to, and they were the just audience. spectators watching. Well, yeah, that was the audience, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't film it. So the conductor's calling up, like, we've got a problem. We need to stop somewhere. And he's like, you know, this is rural, you know, this is party train. We're not going anywhere from anywhere to anywhere. They're trying to figure it out. Oh, so they know they're just a party train. Look at, well, yeah, look at it. Now, oh, the lighting crazy. was very difficult on this set because they were in this small area. So this guy, like, devised, the lighting guy devised, um, he rewired the entire train and he got, like, dimmers, individual dimmers. Um, variety of different bulbs with different watt wattages, controlling them with external dimmers, Alcott could set the light very fast in an efficient manner, used medical lights, pen torches, and hand lights to actors' face, as well as Christmas lights. So this guy couldn't just turn on a big light. He had to screw around with, like, there's the light above his head there. And Is he, like, I thought I recognized the director's name. This is the director's debut. Um, he did Under Fire in 83, okay. but he did Tuner, Tuner, Turner and Hooch in 89. Ooh. He did the James Bond film with Pierce Brosnan, Tomorrow Never Dies in 97. And he did The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, yeah, I've seen all those films. You know who Sam Peckinpah is? Yeah, sure. Oh, you do? Okay, I don't. He did four films as a film editor. Um, that's pretty cool straw dogs the getaway move pat garner billion the kid in 873 so that's why ben our conductor agreed to do this without even reading the script he's like i remember this sports spotswood guy he worked with sam peckinpah it's pretty damn good i'll take the part <laughs> uh-oh now sam peckinpah Look, I think we missed a murder. Well, they found the murder. No, he followed. He followed Groucho. him into the bathroom because he said, "I did you see him hit his head against the mirror? Yeah. Okay, I don't know we why. We were chatting. We were chit-chatting, but it happened. Now, look, all the blood is gone. How? Why? How? I don't understand it. Like, he's obviously dead and bloodied. And she's like, come on, Roger, I'll get you to your uh, Exactly. Stop. And then Ben is like, I know I saw him dead. Why is he alive? He said, fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm Wait, leaving so it. That, doesn't, that part doesn't make sense. Ah, here we go. Now, 
Mo is like, no, no, no. I have a I can't help. Yeah, I'm not open relationship. My pee-pee. So he, she goes to pull it off, but then she puts it back on and he goes, take your hand off my pee-pee. And she, so what ends up happening is a, okay, never mind. Oh, right. Oh, hey, remember the time where we. Yeah, there he is. There's our killer. Now it says Edward when his name is Kenny in the film. I don't get that. Nickname. Nickname. So her outfit is just a zoot suit pants up to her bra. With a fake hand in it. Yeah. Now, Mitchie is going to have sex with. Oh, bad guy. With the no. lizard guy. Yeah. So and it's not weekends of Bernie. Good guy from the frat. Yeah. So she doesn't know. It's She thinks it's someone else. Yeah. She thinks it's frat guy. Blech. A little gross. Gross. A lot gross. So here's her boyfriend, who they have an open relationship, getting some. And Mitchie's getting some. He's finally getting laid. And he isn't talking. He doesn't get laid. He doesn't get laid. And he oh, doesn't he talk back. Mitchie's doing all the talking. Why don't you give it a listen for a second? Okay. Lizard does not talk at all. Now, remember... You remember they screwed with him. Die Hard guy put a dead corpse's hand. Yeah, yeah, okay. right. He shook his hands. He's, he's about to do the same thing to Mitchie. Ew. But why do it? Like, why not do it to Die Hard guy? Yeah. So look, she puts a the cadavered hand, and she goes, "Cold hands, warm heart." Where did he get the cadaver's hand again? I don't know. He kept it from three years ago? Or maybe it was one of his recent kills. He's killed two. That seems like really messy. He killed someone, oh. chopped their hand off, drained the oh. blood, put it in his uh, lizard right. suit. Right, the blood would be all... Yeah, it's not like a rubber hand. David Copperfield was really good in this film, and I really think it sucks that he decided not to do any others now he's not exactly a movie star i mean he's he's it's not like he's not handsome or something but he's all thin and looks young and small you know what i mean like he wouldn't be a good movie star but to play the magician in multiple movies would have been a good place for his career you know how like uh jay leto shows up in movies like well i tell you did you hear about this guy who kidnapped someone who did this and that uh, like Oh, hey, you guys see the news? Like, maybe David Copperfield could show up with a deck of cards. Right, right. Yeah. Deck of card, any card. Not that one! That reminds me of the time I was on a terror train. So now we'll get a moment between Jamie Lee Curtis and Copperfield. But it's for nothing else than to give us entertainment and eye candy. It doesn't advance our plot. It doesn't, you know... <laughs> it's almost like she's like sexually attracted to him, but she isn't really right. Well, she's, she's on. A he's being really smooth. Do you believe in magic? I'll have to convince you. Is this your trick? Now watch. This is not a camera trick. I know you keep saying it. Yeah, I know. Total camera trick. Go under, go under, put your hand under. 
smell the plastic, Jamie. Oh, and that's the end. Now, where's David Copperfield? That's clearly Matt, a camera trick. I think he went to Copperfield. <laughs> you know, David Copperfield is the book by um, uh, Dickens. Dickens, Charles Dickens. And I always thought, what a coincidence, you know, that's, you know, that happens in life. And then I found out, no, this guy's name is like Frank, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I like the sound of that name. And he took it from Dickens. Interesting. Yeah, you know, there was a, a Dev Patel played like, there was a David Copperfield movie recently. There was, okay, so he has been. Okay, no, 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 no. The, 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 the Dickens, not the, the musician. Oh, okay. No, magician. Um, uh, Doc has just been the biggest asshole to Mo ever. He goes to Elena, the girlfriend, and essentially, wait, I'm sorry, boobs are coming out. I'm sorry, hold on. Okay, hang on. All right, hang on. Put your nose down. Put your nose down, unzip your pants. Okay, please stop teasing. No, no, I couldn't see your... Uh, I couldn't. Oh! Uh, so anyway, Doc is making it so that Mo gets caught by Elena. That's what, what a did. dick. Yeah, I know. Because you know why? He wants Elena out. He wants his friend all to himself. And Elena does not like Doc. So she, Doc wants her out. Now, these conductors, they know there was a dead body on her train. Right. But they're not doing shit. Well, because the dude was alive. What the fuck? Something's weird here. They, where did the body go? Now, Magic. I don't know. Now, now, Doc hates David Copperfield. David Copperfield keeps making him a dick. <laughs> Watch. He goes, go ahead and listen to it. He's, where's your card? Oh, hey, I'm talking in the background. Hey, yeah. There's your card, He's embarrassed and angry. <laughs> he really hates him. Dr. Cod. So, now, Doc is this rough, tough jerk the whole movie. But when his friend dies, he turns into like a, oh my God, call an ambulance. He did like, he's really did a good acting job because he shows himself in fear. Like in fear, this tough guy would be like, ah, help, help. It was really good acting. Uh-oh. That's Michi, right? It's like, she's like, can I have a quarter? That's Michi, yeah. Thou Michi. shall not pass. I knew it! I knew people were dying! I knew it! Oh, so that explains the smell. I'm not I'm crazy. Interested. I thought it was like a, a lot of maple syrup on the ground. It was blood all this time. Well, actually, you see, they were going to use ketchup, but in they only in Canada, they only have mayo. <laughs> that's a good so one. They had to use real blood. Yeah, that's it. I like that one. They went to they you know they went to the concession and they were like ordering fries what the f no we want the ketchup we're shooting a film what is it sir ketchup 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 with what no the condoms <laughs> condoms we don't sell condoms here sir forget it let's see our movie in Belgium all right we'll have to use the I'm not using mayonnaise as blood that's not believable all right we gotta we go to Belgium. <laughs>
They now, Ben was, he's, he's like one of those like Burt Reynolds and his friend stuntmen from cowboy days. You know what I mean? He's a real. Like the Hal Needham guys. So there was a scene in which uh, Derek, our killer Kenny, kisses Ben on the lips. And Derek is a transvestite from the streets of Montreal. But Derek had this reaction, no. No, you do not kiss a man. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I know Ben Ben won't do it. So they go to Ben in his trailer and they're like, we want you to do this scene. You're going to kiss the killer. And he cool. All right, here we go. Well, let me turn on the sound for this. Uh-oh. Carl took a, a, a round of uh, walkabout. Hopefully he'll join us in a second. Not really thrilled by this movie. Just don't know what's going on. I would be able to riff if I knew what the fuck's going on. Let okay, so sorry. I don't know how I did that to my... That dad. was good. That was impressive. You should have heard... When you listen to our show, yeah. you could hear me uh, riffing by myself. I go... Uh, I did a girl. David Copperfield. I disappeared. It disappeared. It was practical. So anyway, Ben, who's the tough macho guy, was totally for the kiss. And Derek, who's the like dressing up as ladies guy, was like, I'm not kissing a dude. You know? Anyway, they did in the end ki kiss. And it ended up not to be in the film. Now, here's why. Jamie Lee Curtis had this idea at the end let me kiss the killer to show something about my character, to try to show like a connection I'm trying to make with Kenny. We hurt your feelings. We're really sorry. And, you know, so I think that they went with the one kiss and not the other. Right now, Mo is like, you jerk. You tried to get me caught. I didn't get caught. So screw you. Ben has told Jamie Lee Curtis, your friend Michelle is dead. I don't yeah, believe you. Oh my goodness, you're right. Look at all that mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we drive fly? Why are we in Belgium? Now, Jamie is a screen queen, yes. which isn't very fair. He was in a horror film, but a screen queen is supposed to be in like, and she was in multiple ones, but she never does the scream. No, so the there was, queen. I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully disagree. There's a movie about Psycho's shower scene, and I forget the name. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of numbers. And because uh, it took how many how many shots were were edited together, and they talked oh. to her. They talked because you know that was his that was her mom in Psycho. Oh, right. So watch she, it disappear. By by the way, watch David disappear. Do tell your story, but he's gonna poof. All right. Well, so part of it is that Jamie Lee Curtis is a scream queen because she's in in Halloween, right? She yes. was in Terror Train. Her yes. mom was the classic scream queen in That's Psycho. True. And there was a TV show called Scream Queens where she shows up, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ooh. and she's taking a shower. I think it was shot in black and white. And she turns to the camera going, nothing's going to happen or something like that. Like, <laughs> you think it's going to be like Psycho? It's not going to be like Psycho. So, yeah, she's definitely, you know, I say royalty. She's married to Christopher Guest. Like, aren't they, those yeah. guys have titles? Like, aren't they like yes. royalty? Yes, yeah. that's right. Okay. Um. Well, she was in Halloween prom night, which she just filmed in Canada before she walked over to this set. She was in The Fog and Terror yeah. Train. So she was, this is her, like, 
He was in Road Games in 81 and Halloween 2. And yeah, it's, I guess, I don't know. I don't see her scream too much. That's why I said it, but. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just think it's because she was in such iconic films and her mom happens to be in like the, right. the classic screen yeah, like, movie. Now, she, uh, when, when, um, okay, Mo, believe it or not, is dead, okay? And Doc is so pissed off at this David Copperfield. Every time he does an impressive poof, he disappears, and everyone goes, yay, David Copperfield. Doc is like, fucking asshole. Hey, it's the killer. <clears throat> now look, Ben finds some blood. I knew it! I'm not crazy! He is crazy. He's letting this train still <clears throat> Now look, Turn up the sound because Doc does an excellent acting job here. Come on, Mo, wake up, wake up, Mo. Then he's gonna start calling for help. Mo, wake up. Keep it up, keep it up. He does a really good job. He's a screen king. He's a screen king. Now keep it going when he Okay. Oh, okay, we're getting Ow. Ow! I'm acting. And they all think he's going around. Oh, are you doing the stabbing prank again? Those are definitely Montreal locals who are in their regular weekend garb. You can tell from the mayonnaise on their clothes. <laughs> They're from oh, Canada. Can, I think you already turned it off. You can stop listening because he's pretty much done with his. I just thought it was very good how he was such a tough guy and no right. feelings. And then when the guy gets hurt, he's like, what? This is really good. He's all crying. It's all no sweet. wonder he got cast in Die Hard. <coughs> this, but this is like clean shaving acting. Like I, Die Hard is all about that beard. Yeah. <coughs> He's got no beard in this film. Okay, get back. So Jamie Lee Curtis is one of my favorite actors, and she was in. Uh, like I love her. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Right. And she part of the that. reason that appeal is that it's. The reappearance of Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis, who both appeared in Trading Places. Yeah, but there's no magic there. I mean, it was a million years later. And it was a million years later. About their, listen, in Trading Places, it was a very funny film, but it was not a funny film because of the banter between Curtis and Aykroyd. You know, there was no magic to put. It's just a curio that, oh, they were in that film, they're in this film. Right, yeah. No, it's true. And it's funny, too, because, you know, uh, people will remember she was. He's still she, doing it. She was she was topless in Training Places, and then in uh, Christmas of the Crank, she wears a bra. Oh. And you're like, oh, huh. She, she was topless for two seconds. And, okay, so he pulls the brake. Finally. The brake doesn't stop. So Ben is like, holy shit, that means those guys must be dead. So he runs off to his other conductor friends. Oh, the guy with the brake man hat? I guess. Oh, crime, rocking. Crime. Don't do the crime. If, if you don't do the time, if something time, don't do it. If you can do the time, then commit a crime. Here We're crime. So 
he's gonna unprofessionally put on the break. Whoa! Whoa. Uh, all the musicians' secrets are revealed. <laughs> how did the how did you do that concerto? No, no, no. The musician, musician never tells a secret. Did I do that as the open mic? <coughs> Sonata. Tell me if someone laughs at it. Musician, I'll play you the tape. <laughs> never reveals his secret. We'll see if that works. But I mean, I got to do a whole setup around it so that. Yeah, it's not a long setup. So <clears throat> all the train stuff was shot first. This was about 25 days of shooting, I think. Um, let's see, do I have an actual day count here? The train stuff was all shot first. <clears throat> In the fifth week, they did the exteriors. The day before the final day, they did that stuntman thing where the, where the production designer stepped up and did it. Who did this whole train art deco stuff? And then the last day was the first scene we saw, the frat thing. Gotcha, the bonfire. Right. Uh, is that blood or suit? It's blood. So all the Americans were going, we're having a bonfire. And then all the Montreal French people were like, it is a good fire, you say? It oh, it's a, a bonfire. <laughs> no, we're having a bonfire. It's just Wasn't an average it? fire, but it's, no, you say it's a good fire. It's a bonhomie fire. Okay, for some reason, Ben has stopped the train and wants everyone Good. to evacuate. Finally. So everyone's getting outside, but look how casually he's walking right now. It took him three dead bodies to finally stop the car, the train. Right. Now, what is the point? This guy, this African-American guy, he's a very famous jazz bassist in um, in Montreal. He was he really grew up in Philadelphia. He learned bass. Uh, he learned a lot about jazz. He became a big deal there. He went to Temple University for music. <clears throat> but then he moved to Montreal and became an even huger deal. Um, his name is Charles Biddle Sr., which means somewhere there's a Charles Biddle Jr. going, my dad eclipses me! Damn it! <laughs> Now, it is cold in real life. This was all shot in Montreal in the freezing cold. As a matter of fact, cameras would freeze on them. What they're doing right now is a head count. Who's dead right. and who's alive? Here comes Charles Biddle. I don't know why he's in this film, except he lived in Montreal. Hey, maybe he's a friend of the producers. Yeah. Uh, are you counting that? Dead body with fake tits. I'm not counting as we go, but I know that there's seven, a body count of seven, because the internet told me, and <clears throat> three were off camera and unconfirmed. One was a missing person presumed dead, and the others, we see them get killed. And then booby-wise, we've seen one dead booby, and then... And one alive, uh, two one, alive. Uh, two alive. Yeah. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is putting two and two together. All the people who have been killed... What do they have in common? That they were part of the incident. So Die Hard Guy is saying, what are you a nut? And then Jamie Lee Curtis says, I went to the hospital after the incident and I found mm. out that mm. Kenny had mental problems and he had killed another person by an accident, but he had killed another person. So now Die Hard is like, we're next. <laughs> what a crybaby. 
Yeah, but but he's acting, and that's that's why I really like his. Yeah, Ooh, uh, I can have to look out for him more, I guess. I, I really... also really appreciate the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis was trying to do something with her character, yep. make her sympathetic, make her understanding, but she had very little opportunity because most of the time she's running away, going ah, you know. So it was scenes like that in which she's really acting. And kissing the guy in the end was really her idea. It was not in, you know, the per executive producer, producer, and director were on the set that day going, you know what? Do it. Yeah, do it. That's cool. <laughs> and we'll cut the scene in which the killer kisses Ben. Yeah, like, go ahead and do the scene, Jamie. That's, that makes a lot of sense. We can't wait to put this in our movie. So okay. Charles Biddle comes out and says, nobody's on the train. It's all clean. So is the killer in costume right now? I guess the killer is in drag as the assistant, I guess. But that never is clear. That's just a little inside joke. Uh, oh, it's no joke. Oh, so it really is the killer. <clears throat> That's Kenny. As you know, I ruin films for us yeah. because it's not, yeah. you're not here to find out what happened in the movie. So it's much more interesting when we know stuff throughout the film uh, because then we can see all the stuff that plays on it leading to it. I That's my philosophy of why I don't mind spoiling. I wouldn't I, spoil I, it if we were at the theater. I would spoil right. it if we're on our You podcast. would spoil it if you talk over the movie for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, Kenny Hampson. See, he was into magic. Whoa. And there's a magician in our movie. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I forgot to raise that at the time. Doc was like, why the hell is there a magician on this train? And Moe's like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? He goes, I did not hire a magician. He goes, what? <laughs> well, this is my party. I organized the whole thing. I did not hire a magician. And that's the first reason why he doesn't like David Copperfield to begin with. I, I should have brought that up at the time. Yeah, it explains the backstory of why he hates magicians. I was 12 and I was at a party. I was six years old. I guess six, not 12. So for their own safety, Doc has locked them in there so they don't get killed. Jamie Lee Curtis is like, I have to go tell everyone they're going to get killed. It's Kenny. And he's like, no, only thing that matters is us. So now if you're going to do that, Doc locks them out thinking he's gonna, she's going to get killed. That's what a scumbag Doc is. Right. But it's just the, one of the conductor dudes. Oh, the brake man? He did a great job with the brakes. They were not even working. Yeah, right. Party train. So I guess it'd be fun to party on a train. Party train what? I'm sorry, I was talking over you. No, no, it, was just, it would be fun to party in a party train. In trading places that... That's happens. right. It's the Halloween train. Yeah, the, yeah. the ape suit. Yeah, Jim Belushi's dressed as an ape, and then it's, uh, yeah. That's true. She's been in plenty of train movies. I'm trying to think what else. I've seen her in Blue Steel. Have you ever seen that 80s film where she's a cop, New York City cop, and Ron Silver, I think, is like You know ad. what? I saw that film. I completely forget it. I did see that film, yes. Yeah, it's good. She was a cop. She was in Blowout with Travolta. Was she? Maybe not. She was in uh, Knives Out. Have you seen that one? No, that's the recent one. Yeah. No, it looked from the. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's a good I movie. It it's a good. It's it's a good movie. 
James Bond is in it. Yeah, James Bond has this crazy accent, and he plays kind of a crazy outsized guy. But you know, it's no, I'm uh, writing it down. I'll watch it. Nice. Yeah. Out. Well, you know that Netflix paid the producers like two hundred million dollars to guarantee the sequels premiere on Netflix. Oh, okay. Sequels. They know where their bread is buttered. Yeah. Oh, is this train stop ever going to arrive? Or are we going to finally show up in San Jose? Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm on this train forever. Next stop, Boston. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, next stop, San Francisco. But first, Oakland. God damn it. Actually, there's no train station in San Francisco. You have to stop at Oakland. I kind of don't understand what he's doing right now. He's basically alone freaking out. I'm going to get killed. Like, if you wanted to take Amtrak from San Francisco, you go to the Amtrak San Francisco station, okay. you wait for a bus, the bus takes you over the bridge, drops right. you off at the at Jack London Square, where the train station is. And the worst is when you arrive at Oakland, and you're like, I still have to fucking take the bus to San Francisco, and I'm almost home. Whoa. I understood this scene. He's like... Freaking out on himself. Everything is so sweaty in this scene. Him, the items. Look at that. Look at that sweat. No. Hoisted by my own petard. Painted fingernails. Oh, that's the killer. Yep. The reason I couldn't find him on the... I thought that he was in the crowd, but he was hiding, I guess, right where he locked himself in to, to... now, why is it he can't get out? I don't get it. Right. He knows he's dead. And what a shitty job the uh, conductors did searching for people on the train. Yeah, they just completely it. Door's locked. Let's do the next one. Anyone in here? No. Okay, we checked. Now everyone back onto the murder express. They're all freezing. They're all really freezing. Look at her in her thin. I know, I know. Sheen material that's cold. Jamie B. Can I have your blanket? Can I please have your blanket? Okay, now. Oh no, he gets an X? Right, here comes Kenny. Does Copperfield know that it's... No. No. Copperfield just has an assistant who always loves magic. He wants to be... The sword. I know. I don't like the look of that. I love magic. Magic is great. Mind if I kill you? <laughs> I used to have a joke about sawing a lady in half. Look, the killer's got the sword. And David Copperfield's like, what are you doing? Hey, magicians only. They're rocking it. You know, if you're a magician in Los Angeles, you're allowed to go to the Magic Castle. Uh huh. You know, the Hollywood Castle Magic. And it's great because if you ever need to take a shit, you could just go right in. They'll be like, I'm sorry, bathrooms for magicians only. That's why I always keep a top hat in the car when I'm going to see the Walk of Fame, just in case I got to I have to go take a dump. I have a dove in my, my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> you got to let me in. Hi, I'm here to the take a poop disappear. <laughs> yeah, prove you're a magician. You're not taking a shit out of a bathroom deeper. Is this your card? Okay. Uh, the observation passenger car used in the film was called 
called Den Hotso, and it's now in Arizona Railway Museum in Chandler, Arizona. The steam smoke was simulated by burning a combination of charcoal and church incense. I don't want to read you all the train stuff. This is all like online train information. Uh, no, the, 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 the train sites that usually pop up when you look at a train film did not pop up. This stuff is like um, IMDB's trivia. Did you know? And yeah. so I just combined all the train ones together. Yeah, because usually you find somebody online who's like, I can't believe they use this train model. Yeah, that's right. Who are you kidding with that <laughs> sprocket in the left rear of a diesel 147 Pacifica? No way! Obviously, the producer was not a real brakeman because then oh, he would oh, realize. Oh. So now he sees the murder More blood. Block. This guy should just resign. You're Doc a terrible conductor. You are. You couldn't conduct electricity, buddy. The only thing you conduct is like murders behind your back. That's right. Now the taglines. Experience the most terrifying ride of your life on the terror train. Okay, here's another tagline. The boys and girls of Sigma Phi. Some will live and some will die. I like that tagline. I would definitely see a movie with that tagline. Terror train. Don't waste your money on a return fare. You won't be coming back. Yeah, it's lousy. <laughs> return fare. I don't know. Terror the train. Two lines aren't as good. Now look, what does he see? It's the head. Oh my god! The, he beat the shit out of that mannequin. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Doc. That was. That, that was, was not Doc. That even looked like that looked like a raccoon. <laughs> it looked like, like a diehard guy without a beard. Sometimes I'll be walking around at night and I'll see like an opossum out of the blue stare at me. Like that looked like an, a bloody opossum. So now he's putting. Obviously, the murders aren't over. So now he's putting everybody in one car. So he's like, "Ma'am, who I don't know is the killer. We're having coffee. Come along. Come along now. Bring David Copperfield." She goes, "He's in the back. I'll bring him." Nice wig, by the way. How yeah. did you know? So they they casted this guy, wasn't auditioning. Right. Find out that he's a, he, he's uh, on stage. Cross right? Yeah. And they said, okay, act three is written. I guess, yes, because so many of this film, so much of this film was not in the script, including Magician, including yeah. the kiss at the end, including the kiss between Ben and Derek, which didn't get... Uh, into the film. All right, we're all locked in. Now the killer can't... They suspect that the magician is the killer. Okay, here's... This guy will not play his jazz bass at all. You would think he would have sat in with uh, crime rock. I know, seriously. Like, crime... He's probably, like, listening to them like, they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. He's probably, like, rock sucks in general. Yeah. Now, here's what I don't understand, Mike. This is the room that they hid in before, and this is the room that that uh, Doc was killed in. So where's all the blood? Where's all the... Is this the a smell? So he's saying, like, make sure you have your ticket. You can sleep here, but <laughs> after three stops, I need to come in and check your ticket. 
look, there's, he's saying, we know he's definitely after you. So you stay in here. I'll be outside the door with an ax. That's what we're hearing. And she's being, she's being an actress right now. She's doing a right. good job. You ever see the remake of Psycho? Gus Van Sat with uh, uh, Vince Vaughn as uh, Norman No. Bates. Should I see it? No. Okay. No. I saw it in the... figure it, right? Don't bother. Don't bother. They did a remake of Carrie, and I was like, why? It isn't the story or the script. It was that film, that time. It was Sissy Spacek. It wasn't even John Travolta. They've... They made so many remakes of Carrie. I can't even tell you. It's not even the 12. I think they recently made one a couple years ago. I just don't understand Hollywood people. And it's true for other things. Like how many times have you heard somebody do their version of Into the Mystic by Van Morrison? It's not the song, you dummy. It's that day's performance. It's the job the guy did. It was the movie. Well, Stephen King, like whatever. He can do whatever he wants with his properties. And there's producers hungry to get the stuff out. And, you know, there's generations that didn't see William Cat. Oh, I'm Sissy sorry Spacek. to interrupt you. Yeah. There's Skullduggery. There's Skullduggery Hero. Yes. Adam? Yeah. He's like, I'll go kill him. Let me in there. Did you see Skullduggery? Yeah. Here. Here's your axe. You want to go kill him? I'm going to ask him a question. <laughs> yeah. Listen to him. He's going to back down. Yeah, maybe not. I'll yeah, wait till Skullduggery. I was going to kill him, but I'm going to be the lead in a film coming up. I really don't want to die. You think blood is the axe body spray? <laughs> so you're in the middle of saying something when I interrupted, because that's it for the whole film. We're going to miss him if we don't see him now. Who, the porter? Skullduggery. Oh, Skullduggery only shows up for that one scene? Yep. I really was afraid to give you Skullduggery to research because... It was supposedly Look. bad. Oh my God. That was little. Take note. It was really a bad film. It really was. But it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't like bad, but I thought it was going to be like just really bad, but it was bad. You know, the the very few times I've ever pushed back on your films, it's when I started watching it. And it's just, this is unwatchable. Yeah. I yeah. think it was um, Showgirls 4 was one of no, those. It was, it, was, uh, it was Showgirls 2. It, for some reason, there was a, a, a sequel, and it was shot, like, not even on video. It was, video. Shot, on, like, it was shot on, like, mimeograph paper or something. Ah, like that. <laughs> it looks horrible. Yeah. Now, Ben is brave. Now, Ben got the script, and his character was like, blah, 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 blah. So he goes to the director, and he says, listen, I worked with... Um, Okay, what's his name? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ben, Ben, Ben. Ah, here he is. Uh, I worked with John Ford in 1950s uh, Last Picture Show. You saw that with... Um... Oh, I have, I know of that movie. I've never seen it. Oh, you should see it. Um, okay. I know, I know. I just haven't seen you it. Remember yet. Bruce Willis was... Uh, was it... Uh, who, she was in... Sybil. Sybil Chevy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah no, anyway, it's a famous movie for... Her. This director taught him, cut the lines, cut the dialogue, get it Peter down Br- to very few. You know, the less your character says, the stronger it is. And he totally reworked this script, just chopping out all the extra. He would say, he wouldn't say, 
sit down. There's a killer on the train. We think we know what's going on and we'll be back to you and we'll get back to you. And this staff is going to protect you. He cuts it down to sit down. There's a killer. And then leave, right. you know. That's all we really want in a horror movie. Oh, Albert Einstein's. As he goes through his, look, Jamie's Curtis is too smart. He stabbed him in the abdomen. Yeah. With, with David Copperfield's sword. I don't know how he got it. Oh, he got how it sharp. from Charles Biddle, I guess. Wait a minute. So how sharp are these swords he's using on stage? Well, it's a movie. According to this movie, they're it's real It's the real swords. swords. Look, I'm acting. I'm oh. acting. Uh, now here she's screaming, right? She's scream queen. Yes, you're right. You're right. She's a classic. I mean, like, it's iconic, her game chase. But I think of scream queens like that's all they do. Well, I always think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with those women running around. That movie was no eggshells. Uh-oh. It was really interesting. It wasn't the greatest film, but he did a lot of interesting camera stuff. And Yeah, no, I mean, I know Toby Hooper from Life Force and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so to see his first film being this yeah. arty film... It... Let's listen. Ow! It's Is this the, the end of Jamie Lee Curtis? She's... Now look, that really hurt her. She hit her head on that doorknob. Yeah. It really did hurt her. I'm sure. It doesn't say that on the internet. It was in her memoirs, chapter four, that goddamn door. The doorknob bonked my ear. Look at this. Ouch! Ouch! That must have been real. Yep. <laughs> now, a fire, there's her bra, a right. fire um, extinguisher she squirts them, but why does that hurt them? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, well, it's nice. chemicals. There's chemicals in there. It's not okay. water. It has like a, a, a hint of cinnamon. <laughs> it has a hint of cinnamon. <laughs> you so can there's taste chemicals it. that are toxic, and you'd be like, Bleh, oof, get right. out. Okay. But if you were fired, you'd be like, oh, hey, I'm going out. These chemicals are doing a the job. They're chilling me out. Okay, now she's fake locked in there. Right. So Kenny is fake trying to get in. But there's keys right there. Oh. Uh, it's just terror at this point. So I want you to turn up the sound. Be not now, because she just starts appealing to him. We're really sorry we freaked you out. And then she kisses him. I thought that was scene was going to be there, but no. wow, he's going to put out all the lights. Pretty scary. Yeah. Her blouse is ruined. Yeah, I know. She's going to, and the dry cleaners are going to be like nosy. You know, you can't bring in your blood. You have to go to a veterinarian. If you've seen any gangster movie, <laughs> you got to go to the vet. Yeah, and right. When you get shot, you head straight to the vet. So right. Under the radar. Let's say you don't get shot, but there's blood all over. You go to the yeah. vet. The vet's like, all right, hang on. Cancel my... What's wrong? Cancel What's wrong? Poofy. My paw. My paw got a thorn. All right. Listen. On the table. I'm not supposed to be dry cleaning your clothes. I'm a veterinarian. Now watch this. 
watch this. You've you've thought about this hurting someone many times, uh, right? Yeah, sure. Every time in the office. Now he is really hurt. For some reason this won't disable him all the way. Now she well, locked herself in there. She's kicking her way out, but Kenny couldn't seem to do it. Well, I mean, she pushed from the inside. Oh. Yeah, right. She pushed from the inside. That's why. Why didn't she take the mask off already? Yeah, how are you going to kiss him with the mask on, you dummy? So when he falls from the train, that's the art director. Yes, when he falls from the train, it's really the art director. Because he just couldn't handle the cold. Oh! I designed the sets. But he hasn't really fallen yet. Oh, no. He falls out of the train, but in typical movie style, he's like on the outside of it now, and you'll see him in the window. Ah! And then wait, does it say the end? Or no. is there another scene? Do they finally kill him? It's unclear, Mike, because he falls to the ground as if he's dead, but yeah, it's unclear if he's dead, dead. He waited three years for them to go to a train party? Yes. Also, they wouldn't be in school. I think even in the early 80s, the school would have expelled them. Schools end. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. With the cadaver, which is unhealthy. like It's school property. Yes. Is this because we burnt the banner? Every class does that. No, no, sir. It's not because you burnt the banner. Okay. Everything's over. Is it because we were drinking on a train? No, no. People drink all that. It's the fact that you... uh... Took a corpse and pretended it was a woman. Well, that was a fun train ride. Boy, that was a train ride I'll never forget. Oof, it's all over. Why didn't the movie end if it's all over? Oh, right. There's no more, if there's no more jump scares, then why are we watching this? Who thinks he doesn't have a blanket on her? Look, she didn't wash off the blood from her. Well, she's just. Yeah. She was working at McDonald's as Ronald. (laughs) So she just collapsed, I guess. She's sleeping it off. Oh, Cleo. Carry on, Cleo. Carry on, Columbus. That was a good one. I like that one. But they did one called Carry on, Cleo. Uh Uh-huh. Where, you know, the little... We're going to see in the window now. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Terror. Well, they even end up in the poster. Oh, no, it didn't. It was always Groucho Marx on the poster. That would be a pretty cool poster, a guy sideways out the window. Yep, but it's Einstein. Oh, no. That's how this movie ends? No, th- there will be one more contest, one more final battle. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. How you doing, Carl? I haven't I'm seen you in a while. Okay? Yeah, all right. Can't wait for this final battle. Yeah, uh, things are good on my end. Yeah, it's really kind of slow, isn't it? Uh, let me see if I can tell you anything about this film. Um, so... Oh, okay. Uh, Roger, Robert Ebert, this is on his most hated list. He hated this film. Oh, yeah. His infamous most hated list. He wrote a book 
quote. I hated it. And it has it has him like looking like uh, Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone, uh, down to the red sweater and the, the expression, and it's just all his one star reviews. Which okay. you know, for a fan of bad movies, it's nice to hear it. But for a fan of things not being repetitive, it's a it's a slog because after a while you get it. Like it everything's is, bad, you right? Know? And it is repurposed content. Well, yeah, but I mean, he really does hate bad movies. Uh huh. Now, this I disagree with the internet. They called this the category of Canucksploitation, Canadian low-budget films. But I don't think it's exploitation at all. It's just, it's a cheaper place to shoot. You can do any kind of film as long as the cameras are rolling. It's just cheaper here. Oh, no, I think exploitation being like it's another horror film, but this time it's shot in Canada. Uh, they're exploiting the horror craze, not Canada. Right. But it's shot in Canada, so it's Canucks. Yeah. I can't even do it. Exploitation. Canucks exploitation. I don't know. Neighbor of the North exploitation. Uh, David Copperfield once said of this movie, he peered in film is a magnifying glass for magic. So I had to be very careful. What you see on screen is exactly what the extras saw during shooting. His it is impressive. Yes. It was his only acting role. In film or te television, um, it had he had so much trouble saying his lines. He swore he'd may never make another movie. I don't know. I think yeah. he made a mistake there. Well, I mean, look, the roles weren't spectacular. I mean, he he got to play a magician, but it was in some horror film. Yeah, but it was all about him being a magician. I mean, it was perfect self promotion. Yeah, it was perfect self promotion. The studio spent $5 million on the advertising came, uh, campaign for the film. It was their only foray into the slasher film subgenre. Um, Does she think the magi magician is the killer? No. No, she knows it's Kenny. It's clearly Kenny. You're I don't know why we're seeing this long, drawn-out, boring crap. That's why I'm trying to find something to tell you about from the film. I know, it's remarkable. And also, like, what's what's the deal with this book being on a fucking train? Oh, no, I guess it's so. Uh, it's his press clippings. Yeah, I guess. But we saw the yearbook. Look! David Blaine! Uh... You didn't have any trouble saying these lines, David. Oh, I said Blaine. It's Copperfield. Excuse me. Yeah, you're out of here, girl. Yeah. We don't mention David Blaine. The, the magician here. The killer's still here. Blarg. City sleeping quarters. Many people think Jamie Lee Curtis is very sexy, but I got to tell you that she's like, I have, I get a vibe off of her from my mom. She's like got the same body type as my mom and everything. <laughs> I've never had a, you know. Not going to touch that. He, he, she thinks she's with the conductor, but who is it really? It's Kenny! Oh, with another mask. Oh, a Halloween mask. Didn't I see you in Montreal in a dress? Ta-da! It is Kenny. Oh, look at that. Now, the film will now hit us over the head. I know, it's too many, uh... Remember her? Remember her? It was him all the time! Why did he have to wear the wig over his costume? 
Also, do you notice that everyone he kills has the same suit outfit? Like it's the same size as the murderer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like no, wait, Ben Johnson. Turn it up. Turn it up. Okay. Turn it up. Okay. She's gonna appeal to him. I watched you tonight. Uh, flashback. Right, I've seen this movie. It's not really a flashback for me. It's all Jamie Lee Curtis's idea, and it might be because they filmed that beginning scene last that it got thrown in after to make this make sense. Remember he got stabbed in the eye? Yeah. But I guess it was in the cheek. Now he's freaking out. Remembering. Acting. Acting. What are you doing in here? He, he's acting then. Then so Now look, he gets hit. It isn't really getting killed. See uh, that? Carl, you didn't mention he fell, fell off a bridge into icy cold water. Hey, he lost his shoe. Yeah. He's dead. He's dead. No, the art director's dead. Okay, yeah, I guess Yeah, that is dead. the art director. I'm not that far. But it looked like a dummy. It did. But this so, is all art director. It's just well, too cold for the stuntman. He couldn't do it. Wait a minute. The, is an actual human being floating in that water? I, I, I'm I, guessing yes. I really kind of don't know. The internet I, It'd be falls. a mannequin. Sorry there. <laughs> mannequin. Terror train. I mannequin't do it, boss. You're the stuntman. I know. I mannequin. You're the art director. Mannequin on the move. Oh, what a cast of Carne. Carne, that's his name? It's Spanish for yes. meat? Carney was the co train conductor. Doc. We hate Doc. Yeah, we do. But he was a good actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Art. Carl, what would you think of this movie? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I guess I enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't yeah. good, but, I mean, I didn't. It wasn't torture. Lots of times you give me a film like a skullduggery and I'm sitting there going, oh my God. And by the fourth time, I'm finally into it. Maybe the third. I'm finally into it because I get the whole plot and where it's going and why they made choices. This one I didn't have trouble with. I, I It was fine to get through the first time. I've seen this before. You know, it's, it's for a horror movie, it doesn't push my buttons as much as other horror movies, mm -hmm. you know, it definitely is, you know, gross and all that stuff, but it isn't like I was able to watch it. So yeah. that's a plus for me. Uh, yeah. I like this movie. It's good. Spooky. Huh? Huh? You never saw it coming. Good. Now maybe never talk of terror train again. I don't ever want to see this <laughs> fucking movie ever again. Okay, I hate this, it's over. Hate this fucking it's movie. Over. Larry Cohen was one of the players on the band and crime. Do you think that was the director, Larry Cohen? No, I no. would doubt it. I, yeah. I, different, different Larry Cohen. Well, I'm really grasping for straws as the credits roll up. 
Uh, well, Norman Foy. Do you remember Norman Foy? He was the best boy. Nor uh, it's it's pronounced Norman. Uh, oh, Norman. Excuse me. And it's pronounced Fa. Uh, all right. Well, that has been our movie. That has been our show. We'll be back next Sunday here on Mutiny Radio. Here through our podcast L W A F L M O Y T, and through our YouTube channel. Which, if you're watching right now, you got these movies, Carl. I got. I have Abbott and Costello's Volume Four. Yeah, the classics. So these are the last movies they made. It doesn't have that solo film uh, Lou did, the one about the giant woman, but it has okay. Meet Jekyll and Hyde, Keystone Cops. They meet the Keystone Cops, the mummy. Very nice. That's old. They're probably all old. Their last movie was a compilation film called The World of Abbott and Costello. And then there's 94 special Meet Jerry Seinfeld. What? Okay. I don't, I don't know if I want to watch Jerry Seinfeld talk about Abbott and Costello. And then look what I got here. John Wick. Chapters one through three, all of them. Buddy. Wow. You could be oh. for hours. I could be waiting for that next scene for hours. <laughs> they just have to go through the sommelier. They just have to have the woman cut herself in the bath. And then we could get to the uh, catacombs. Yeah. But we're not going to be watching any of those films next week, Carl. Okay. We'll be back next Sunday with a new picture to watch. So tune in next week. We'll be here on Mini Radio, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Tune in at noon. Listen to our friend Scotto with uh, Found Round Sound. Check out everything at Mutiny Radio by going to their website, mutinyradio.fm. There's a big donation button. Go ahead and hit donate. You can donate through Venmo. You can donate through, uh, I don't know. Through your wallet. Money. Just do it. Just do it. Just go to the festival and give us money. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So uh, we hope you had a good time. Thank you, Carl, for being guests and researching the movie and Thank watching you, it three Mike. times and writing the theme song and producing in the show and That's interviewing all of these guest work. I love all it. What a great music. guest. Uh, and we'll be back next Sunday. So we hope to, to join you then. We'll see you then. Later. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with more. This is Carl, uh, I, I, Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and the way champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on you. Agency, the Departments of Justice and the Interior um, are all being headed by acting officials. Oh, yeah, there it is. Hold on. I'm going back there. We're doing this. Here we go. Mm-mm-mm. Yep, it's uh, Tuesday at 6 o'clock. It's Bug Out Square. You've, you've done. done all you need to do and now uh, all there is to do is sit back and enjoy because uh it's bug house square and it's meeting radio dick have you seen that vigilante man have you seen that vigilante
vigilante man Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land Hey, this week on Bug Out Square, I got, um, I got good records. Not a heap of planning, but good records. Uh, I had... I had things, I had plans, but um, they were best laid. Has he got a gun and a club in his hand? Is that a vigilante man? Rainy night down in the engine house. Sleeping just as still as a mouse. Man come along and he chases out in the rain. 